0: LegalizeFreedom.com
1: Greetings and welcome once again to LegalizeFreedom.com. I'm your host Greg Moffat and my guests today are Colin E. Davis and Melissa Murray. Beginning in August 2020, Freedom from Fear is a free-form discussion series taking the title as its starting point. In this episode, Colin and Melissa contrast the evolutionary role of fear with the 21st century explosion in anxiety, neuroses and declining mental health. We examine mainstream media fear-mongering and propaganda and how our modern obsession with safety and security renders life joyless, restricted and forever in limbo. We also discuss the proliferation of fear in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic and ask, is freedom from fear actually desirable or even possible? Hi guys, Colin, Melissa, thank you so much for uh, joining us again today, LegalizeFreedom.com. We do something a little bit different today. It's part of a um, a sort of informal series I began a few months ago. Uh, It's entitled Freedom from Fear and it's a freeform chat just taking the title as its starting point. Before we get into our discussion uh, just tell listeners a little bit about your work um in general now you're both musicians as a whole uh very very important dimension to your lives there um but there's there's part of your work that you do that i think is particularly relevant the shadow tech work i think is particularly relevant to our topic today
0: yeah hi greg um thanks for having us
2: hi greg thanks again it's always great to have conversations with you
0: yeah um Yeah, that's true. We're both musicians, and uh, we're both metal musicians, and uh, we also are um, esotericists. We consider ourselves to be alchemists, which is basically, well, the way we use the term is sort of a fancy term for people who are um, doing psycho-spiritual work on themselves and taking it incredibly seriously. Um, we do have a book that you mentioned, Shadow Tech: Cracking the Codes of Personal and Collective Darkness, and um, and and a big subject that we work with and talk about is the shadow of the psyche, the dark side of the human mind, and its influence on us personally and collectively. And uh, that book is sort of an exploration, sort of a systems-based exploration of the dark side of reality or of of, of human reality. And um, and so there you go. <laughs> I would also yes.
2: say that we've both been on individually and then uh, since we've been together, uh, our own investigation into uh, evil. Yeah. And what is evil? Yeah. How does it work in the psyche? Right. How, how is it... Um, How is it affecting the collective consciousness of all humanity? Um, uh, A lot of people, when they investigate evil or the dark side, they get sucked into it instead of um, viewing it as more of uh, science. Yeah. Archaeology.
0: Yeah, it's easy to start to project and to mythologize and get all sucked into it personally, right. yes.
1: Okay, well, I think this is number, six, well, is number six in this series I've been doing, and pretty much all of them have started out, not intentionally, but kind of by default, considering what the role of fear has been in human evolution, really, you know, in the human journey and story. It goes right back to as far back into history as we can really look, and it seems that fear is really about survival. Initially, mm-hmm. it's an a- animal instinct—fight or flight—which uh, is meant to help the the animal, whether human or otherwise, uh, deal with immediate, you know, physical threats. And it's an important mode to be able to move into in order to act. Now, fear can be paralyzing. Um, of course, and it can be overwhelming, but that initial jolt of fear is meant to bring to our attention. This is, there's something right in this moment and present right in front of us that, that's threatening and we need to attend to it right now or we're, we may die. Everything else can wait. But of course, as the hundreds of thousands of years of uh, human evolution have gone by, um our situation has changed but fundamentally that's what it's about it's a a a, a survival instinct right you got it
2: yeah um i think that ultimately it's an evolutionary instinct because you can see it in biology and in animals that uh that they evolve through that survival instinct through the fear itself it it has a natural evolutionary pull right you know the strong survives so to speak
0: well i mean yeah i mean i think you stated it i mean I think it as everything we all basically know about fear is that, yes it's a biological instinct and um, you know basically uh, whatever whatever is destructive to the organism whether it's heat um, whether it's a a, the sound of another uh, an animal a predator or um, The sound of an avalanche or whatever it is over long periods of time we learn what these um, potentially dangerous uh, signals are and then there is a fight-or-flight response like you said in your in your body and your physiology, and you get the hell out of there, and it's um, it's pretty basic. But it is is a, the one thing I would add to that is, is
1: I just somebody going by. Some guys, <laughs> it's, it's been a guy riding up and down all day on a chopper, so just ignore him.
0: <laughs> yeah, I heard that right when we started. Um, um, that's what he
2: did. That's what he did.
0: <laughs> you okay? So fear is one. Uh, so. So when when you have a fear response, and 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 you notice that you know it's it starts to you know you start to feel it and you you, you 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 tense up and you start to get anxious and you start to have thoughts and feelings and all this starts to come up, you know it's it what I mean. What you want to do is you basically you. you It's you know people have different reactions like you have they have fight they have flight and they have freeze or whatever, and um, you you have to you have to just basically do everything you can to use your higher cognitive functions in that moment to try to assess the situation in the highest most rational. perspective possible, and then you have to kind of, um, you know, override your natural instinct to whatever, you know, is, it's a, it's, it's a completely subjective thing, and everybody deals with, um, this response differently, and, you know, people go into military training, and they are trained how to override their fear response, so that they can have a huge amount of stress uh, going on, and then they can still be performing their task. And I think that's kind of something. It's it's something you naturally you you naturally learn to do as you grow up in the world. But it's also something you have to keep on working with over time. And um, like with any kind of physiological, psychological response that's inbuilt that's biological and um you have to constantly be assessing your 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 body's reaction to the world and trying to make higher level decisions uh, even when they're in conflict and sometimes the body is telling you exactly what to do get the hell out of there and other times The body is not telling you what the smartest thing to do is. And so this is just something that we all have to, that we're all constantly dealing with.
2: I would also, um, this changes the subject a little bit, but getting back to what the work that we've been doing, which is in our internal state uh, with post-traumatic stress trauma Mm -hmm. responses. Yeah, right which becomes cyclical and and they um humanity in general has cyclical trauma response yeah. um that has been passed on i feel and Others, scientists and, and psychologists have been exploring this. That these responses get stored in our epigenetic uh, system. Yeah. That, that this trauma, because of the fact, on one hand, it's, it's a way to evolve it's an evolutionary response because if you're if you have a fear that comes to you and you respond in a way that gets you out of that situation and you survive then that helps the species evolve the problem i think that where where we are at this point is that our fear response is connected to um, epigenetic trauma individually and collectively. Yeah,
0: it seems like civilization itself uh, traumatizes people to some degree. We all sort of have a low-level PTSD, right? Post-traumatic stress disorder. We kind of have this low-level PTSD um, anyway. Most people do. And, um, and so then that already, um, you know, then that, that's sort of a, a a low level underlying state of anxiety that you're already in. And then when the environment seems to become dangerous, then you're, you're, you're more on the edge. But I want to ask you, Greg, about the, about the whole thing, freedom from fear. I don't think we want freedom from fear. I don't think we want freedom from right from the biological reaction. What do we want freedom from? What are we searching for? Um, what do we want freedom from?
1: No, you're exactly right. Um, the title itself was intended to be uh, once something that would be if would feel inviting. You know, people go, oh, yes, you know, I'd like to find out what that is, but also to be pro- maybe a little bit provocative. Um, mm-hmm. cause, you know, a couple of guests have certainly said, well, you know, we'll never be free from that. We don't want to be. And I was reading Carl Jung on fear and mm-hmm. he speaks about not, um, he, 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 there's, I'm paraphrasing here, but like a man free from fear is on the edge of the abyss, you know, as, mm-hmm. a, as in a, a really bad place to be. But he spoke about not denying fear, but not succumbing to it. Sure. So that's really the key. Uh, so that's a main dimension of it, so but also what what we consider to be fearful in this day and age, and I mention in each of these interviews the word anxiety has come up, and um, for a lot of people, they talk about fears and they're afraid of this and afraid of that, and it doesn't really qualify for me as a fear. you know I'm afraid of the the, the first day of my new job or I'm afraid of stepping out of my comfort zone.
0: Oh, that qualifies as a fear. Oh, well, totally.
1: Well, it depends on the circumstances, but, but what I'm saying is I, I, I see a lot of neurosis, neuroses in our species these days that, yes. that really in, in another age would have seemed trivial. I think we have a lot of, we have a lot of so-called fears, uh, in, in modern society that, I, that I personally feel yeah. Don't, don't justify the name. Do we see what I mean? I think yeah. you have to then think about what definitions, you know, what, 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 what does fear mean? What, what is a fear? And you can then say, well, it could be entirely subjective. You no, know, what some per- what makes one person really, really fearful for another person would qualify as anxiety and for another person would qualify as a walk in the park. It's nothing. So, right. So yeah, there, there's a lot to break down there and it is absolutely not black and white, but during the last, year particularly with the pandemic you know anybody listening to this Mm -hmm. in 2030 or 2040 we're we're speaking now in 2021 i just saw all these very much heightened levels of anxiety and fear and Mm -hmm. i wanted to just think about what is it that we're afraid of what are we anxious about what's serving us you know what do we need to be afraid of what's productive what's beneficial what's actually Harming us in these responses potentially, so it was really just about having a conversation around that. But you're yeah. a, you're absolutely right. This idea of being fearless. I mean, to you, quote Young again, he said, uh, "A fearless man is a Superman." I don't like supermen.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's more it's it's almost like um, freedom from neuroticism, maybe freedom from hysteria, um, freedom from um, irrationality. Um, and it, it, as far as with the pandemic, it seems like, okay, I'm in America and there seems to be a, a pretty clear split between the people who are afraid of the virus and people who are not afraid or, or afraid minimally. And it's, it's, uh, it's not incredibly clear, but it seems to be that the white collar types the intelligentsia types, the academic types, the politicos and the people who work in offices and in the uh, industries, matrix people I mean I guess everybody's a, a matrix person, but um, people who are in these jobs where they work with their their minds uh, less than they do with their hands and their bodies these people um, these college educated people and these people who are who are in, in, in that Domain. They're the most fearful. Uh, the, the right, the people who are in the uh, you know up, up, upper class, uh, upper middle class. As you get down into the you know pure middle class people, the working people, the plumbers, the carpenters, the roofers, the you know um, the people who are. Um, just just really you know working with their hands and closer to the ground the people who every day they put themselves into dangerous positions right every day they could possibly step on a nail something could hit them in the head cut off a finger with a saw these people are less fearful of the virus
2: um generally that's true I think that there's a disconnect in people uh, who work in, in, you know, technology and all, is the, a disconnect from nature.
0: Mm-hmm. There you go.
2: Um, from the earth, uh, you know, our ancestors, even a hundred years ago, uh, were out on the ground, you know, uh, working with their hands in the dirt. They also were experiencing death firsthand. They saw dead bodies. They understand what death is. Um, I think we're very... People that are
0: hunting, people that are slaughtering animals. People that are raising, farming animals. They're very close to death, aren't they?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, you know... A lot of this fear that and the hysteria comes from a fear of death itself. Yeah, there,
0: that's the sort of primal, right, you got it. It's the sort of at the base of it all. Yeah. yeah,
1: well, I was probably going to get to that later on, but that's come up every single time I've had one of these discussions mm-hmm. because that's at root of it, I think, is our view of the world, um, of ourselves, our place in it, uh, you know, our view of the larger cosmos, and just fear of dying. So, that's where it comes. That's where it stems from. Not this the the primal fear that we spoke about, just about you know that you you are had to climb up a tree to get away from a lion, you know, and you were lucky to survive. But this kind of generalized angst, this unspoken shadow uh, that ha- hangs over people for their whole lives, and that then feeds into these situations that come along, you know, like the pandemic and like all the all the messaging about you know every 5 minutes you're going to die you're going to die and um right. and, and just the, the 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 terror of of that you know in it all play that creates just a, a, a immense uh mental strain
0: yeah there's an ongoing you, you could see it like paul levy does he sort of re- refers to the to the to the collective shadow of mankind as a virus and it's like um any any sh- um, shadow material like fear or, or any shadow material, really, um, when, when you have a lot of people collectivizing around an idea, right? And every time you, ha- you, have, you have these mass hysterias, like you had in Europe in the, b- before the world wars, and you have these uh, collective events where there's some idea that the communists are, 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 are under every rock or the Jews are going to get us or the terrorists are going to get us or the virus is going to get us. Everybody sort of collectivizes around this idea and then they share their shadow material amongst each other and it just builds in power and then you get you get mass hysteria and then you just get this thing where it's just feeding on itself and then everybody you know everybody's tuning into the news to find out what the new to get the you know uh to fig- figure out where they are in terms of you know where they are with their life and their death where are they with this with this whole thing and everybody gets addicted to the whole this to all this um to the to the proliferation of the hysteria we get conscripted into the hysteria and so at some point it just becomes this unconscious reactive hysterical um, uh, movement through through the population and we see that happening and you see all the, the the I mean there's there's so many if you really just looked at this virus thing with a um, with an objective rational uh, viewpoint and you just looked at it and said okay what are my chances of dying even if you take the official numbers and all that it's like for the average person it's like one in you know, 3,000 or whatever it is, it's like, okay, what are my chances of dying in an auto accident? Well, during the course of your life, it's like one in a hundred or something. So it's, it's completely irrational, but people are, are sucked into it. They become addicted to it. It It takes them over. And so they don't go look at what the numbers are. But then, let me just add one more thing. Also, realize though that we're inside of like uh, we're inside of a, a Pavlovian type of experiment. This is a black magic trick that's being played on us. So you know, you have the level of the people getting hysterical and all of this uh, re- reaction and all of this. But then you also have a level of individuals a a group of individuals who know exactly what they're doing and they're 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 running a you know they're running a an op on us yeah and so, so so there's there's that aspect too it's not just an organic thing that just kind of appeared it was put on us and sometimes things do are organic you know you have you know a volcano might be you know starting to erupt and what are we going to do or a hurricane's coming and everybody starts acting irrationally and all that but then you have these concerted operations these particular operations you know and you go all the way back to Rome or whatever and and uh, trying to scare the the Romans that the that Carthage was about to attack them to get them to do what they wanted or at the church or what or in you know or what the war on terror or whatever and so people's fear and this are their tend to their 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 tendency to uh to become hysterical and then to form these hysterical movements these things are are we get played we 're getting played yeah, so, so that 's another aspect of it it 's not just an organic movement
2: I think that 's really important part of uh waking up from being controlled by your own fear is understanding that uh that there are external uh people and uh and systems that are mind controlling the public using their fear to uh, direct them into a situation that uh, they profit from right. in multiple ways mm-hmm. um. Now, what you can do as an individual, the more that you're aware of your own fear and you start to work on your individual fears and how they're uh, operating in your own life, then you have a stronger mind... Yeah, you build an immune system. ...that can withstand this external... uh, psychological mind control operation that's going on. Yeah,
0: this is like, this is the archetypal, um, you know, the the red pill, right? Right, where you realize, where you sort of, in, in our generation, the idea of the red pill that comes from the movie Matrix is the idea that you wake up to the fact that um, reality, as you knew it, you thought it was just a, a, a big sort of accidental kind of just organic process of life and culture and society and just things were happening and, and and you know and then you wake up to the fact that no there are active parasitic elements right now in the movie The Matrix it was like some machine race that was that was basically farming human beings but that's a metaphor for um, the way societies are organized. And they're organized in um, in a fashion where people are manipulated, they're coerced, they're propagandized, and this is part of how uh, societies are organized. And you wake up to this sort of darker side of of the of civilization, and you go, and you have to go through this whole process of trying to unwind it and go, well, wait a minute. I thought this was caused by this, and now I'm finding out it was caused by that. And oh, I was thinking that this was a real thing, but now I'm finding out that it's kind of a collective mythology. It's not really a real thing. And who's pulling these strings? And how is this working? And that's a fear that's, in
2: that's, itself. I yeah, mean, it
0: invokes. Yeah, it it does. You get all kinds of anxiety, and you have to go through this sort of unwrapping of the onion. And everybody is, you know. You, just does it in their own way and comes to their own conclusions but you kind of have to unwrap your worldview but as you do this you you might fall into the trap of becoming paranoid that now there's some you know illuminati or whatever and that you're being tracked and i mean i remember this uh this CIA technology called voice to skull technology. You can find it from like the seventies or whatever, where they could beam voices into your heads. And I've met people who think, oh yeah, they're beaming voices into my heads and they get, they go to the paranoid side of things. And so then you just replace one fear for another fear. Or, you know, maybe you were living in bliss before in the garden of Eden and now you've awakened and you are now, you know, you're 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 now living in a world of fear. So the thing about red pilling and 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 unwinding all of this is the idea is that it should bring you to a higher state of awareness of how the world works to actually help you to help you to be not be fearful. In in ways where you're being where that's being used against you, or in ways that is completely irrational. But it's it, you're never going to turn off fear as a biological response. But what you definitely want to do, and what the whole Red Pill initiation is about, is about um, is about figuring out that there are there are mechanisms to use fear against you to organize you to act in this or that uh, manner. To
2: control you. To control you. And make you... Feel to
0: enslave you basically. Yes. And so if you wake up to that 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 mode of operation that's going on around you, now you eliminate those sources of fear. You don't believe what TV is telling you anymore. Everybody's rushing out and getting an experimental vaccine, and you're sitting back going, I'm not afraid of that virus. I'm I'm not there's no need for me to do that, and I'm just chilling kicking back. I'm not in fear because because I woke up to this reality. And so it seems like, when you're talking about fear, it seems like being red-pilled is one of the things where at first you may fall into fear as you unwind it, but then eventually you sort of mature into that and now you have freedom from fear.
1: That concludes part one of our interview. Part two will be available soon in the subscribers area at legalizefreedom.com
0: legalizefreedom.com